Welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Welcome back to Wellness Your Way. It's episode 21, and wow, this is a fun one. Leading up to Valentine's Day this weekend, I wanted to bring on my husband, Kevin, to share some of his insights, in quotes, into healthy living and how dramatically they differ from mine. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll already be familiar with his pizza Fridays and his big bowls of ice cream, but what does he eat on a regular day? We're going to get a glimpse into some of the veggies he consumes and some of the health habits he actually has. Plus, what's it like eating differently from me all the time? He's going to tell all in this interview today. I'll also go through a new study that tries to answer the age-old question of which diet is best, low-fat or low-carb, and the answer might surprise you. My product recommendation for today has been consumed for thousands of years, literally, and the listener Q&A is great as always. So let's dive in. In health news you can use, this is a real whopper of a study. It was in the journal Nature Medicine, and it was released on January 21st, 2021. It tried to answer the age-old question of which diet is better, low-fat or low-carb. And the answer, believe it or not, is that it depends, almost like anything in health. It depends on what your goal is, to be more specific, whether it's weight loss or long-term health. The study went as follows. Participants were assigned to either a low-fat or low-carb group, and both groups ate an equal number of calories. So it just was the composition of the calories that differed between the two groups. And the low-fat was very plant-heavy. Tons of veggies were consumed in the low-fat group. And the low-carb group was higher in meat, but it was still made of whole foods. It wasn't like most of these studies where They're giving them like just vegetable oil to drink or something like that, which clearly wouldn't have any benefits. Um, They give an example of the low-fat dinner being like a baked sweet potato, chickpeas, broccoli, and oranges. So all healthy foods, very high carb, uh, but all healthy foods. And the low-carb dinner might be a beef stir-fry cooked in some oil with cauliflower rice. So higher in fat with beef and oil very little carbs from the cauliflower. Um, The participants in the study, they ate their assigned diet, either low fat or low carb. They had their results measured, and then they switched diets, which I thought was a really great twist to the study. They had their results measured again, just to ensure that the effects weren't based on the individuals. Like, oh, the people in this group just happened to be better with low carb or whatever. Both groups of people were testing both diets, which I liked. And what they found was that the low-fat group chose to eat lower calories. Like they didn't even finish the calories that they were allotted. They lost more body fat during the um, period that they were on the low-fat group. And they felt more full. But the low-carb people, even though they didn't 
lose fat and lose weight like the low-fat people, they didn't gain weight, which is good, and they had more stable blood sugar and insulin, which are important markers of health. So the low-fat people, they lost more body fat, they felt more full, but the low-carb people had more stable blood sugar, which is better for your health. Now, before we draw to conclude, or we, we draw conclusions for what you could do, a few limitations to this study that I think are important. First, this was an extremely small study. In fact, there were only 20 people on each side, and there is just so much genetic variation between us that I don't honestly give tons of credence to this small of a study. I think it's interesting and fun to talk about, but it is not uh, a robust enough study for me to draw conclusions. Secondly, their diets were really skewed. So the low-fat diet had 10% fat, 15% protein, and 75% carbs, which is basically literally just eating vegetables all day, like literally just vegetables, which even I don't do. Um, and the low-carb group was 76% fat, 14% protein, 10% carb, which is basically just eating fat all day. I really wish they would have included a more moderate protein-heavy and plant-heavy option, um, and I think the results would have been best there, but they didn't. That's okay. So all of this to say, if you just want to lose weight, vegetables are kings. The low-fat group uh, where they're mostly just eating vegetables, is going to be for you. The more plants you can consume, the more weight you'll lose, and the longer you'll keep it off in general. But on the other hand, if you want long-term health, keeping your blood sugar stable is critical. And so balancing out with adequate fat is important, and that's what the low-carb group showed. So of course, in my opinion, balance is the answer. Tons of vegetables, you know I love those, but keeping your blood sugar stable with adequate protein and healthy fat at each meal. I don't believe in drastic diets to either side, and I do believe that balance and moderation is the key to weight maintenance and long-term health. So if you're looking for both, my recommendation is tons of plants, but balance them out with adequate protein and healthy fat. It's time for Megan Recommends, and today I am way behind on the times because I'm recommending something that has been around for many centuries. It's pink Himalayan sea salt. You might be thinking, what? A nutritionist is recommending salt on her podcast? And the fact is, I eat a lot of salt. People are always surprised to hear this. And here's why. Pink Himalayan sea salt is different than table salt, which is traditionally not healthy for us, and it's found in abundance in processed and packaged foods. So let me tell you the difference. Pink Himalayan sea salt gets its color from the mineral content. There are tons of minerals in there, minerals like magnesium and potassium and calcium, and these buffer the sodium so that your body knows exactly what to do with it. When we strip it down and form table salt, our body is just receiving sodium, NaCl, sodium chloride, and it doesn't know what to do with that as much as it would uh, with the natural format with all those other minerals as well. Uh, sodium 
on its own, just the the molecule sodium is necessary for human life. You will die without sodium. It's just vilified because the table salt form isn't as healthy, like I said, and it's in abundance in processed and packaged foods. The average American consuming mostly processed and packaged foods gets way too much salt. But if you minimize those foods and you're eating a bunch of whole foods and you're choosing good quality salt, you can absolutely enjoy it while feeling good about your health, not feeling guilty about it. For brain health, for nerve health, for muscle cells, all of these are um, dependent on sodium for their appropriate function. It just has so many benefits from regulating blood pressure to improving insulin sensitivity, and honestly, it tastes good. I like vegetables, you know that, but, you know, plain spinach is not that tasty, but plain sautéed spinach with some avocado oil and salt, now we're talking. Then you're going to add in some garlic and maybe some red pepper flakes or something like that. Now you have a really tasty side dish. So I love the cracked pink Himalayan sea salt that you crack yourself. I'll link in the show notes to the one I buy, but any good quality pink Himalayan salt should be just fine. I'm also going to link in the show notes to an article that will tell you about the different types of salt and their benefits. Enjoy. All right, it's time for the veggies of the matter, and I am very excited about this episode, although maybe not as excited as some of you are. If you follow me on Instagram, you might know a few things about my husband, Kevin. You'll probably know that he loves the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that he's a great landscaper, and that he loves Pizza Fridays. But believe it or not, he does not only eat pizza throughout the week, and so I'm bringing him on today to answer some questions about his food, his health, what it's like to be living with me as a health enthusiast, and so much more. These questions all came from you all on my Instagram stories, so thank you for sending in your questions, and here's Kevin. Thank you, Megan. This is a, a lifelong dream to be on your podcast. So I uh, just want you to know how much this means to me to have you on. So thank you. You are very welcome. All right. The first question comes from Emily. It's it's a softball. She says, what is your favorite veggie? Yeah. So I, I know Megan always shows my pizza, my unhealthy food, but I actually do like a lot of vegetables. I'd have to say my favorite is broccoli. Uh, but I love Brussels sprouts. I love asparagus. Uh, but my favorite vegetable dish, what I like to do is uh, cut up some broccoli, cut up some carrots, and then steam those, take them out, and then put about three servings of shredded cheese on top, put them back in the microwave for 20 seconds, and then just go to town. So that that's my favorite way to eat vegetables. And what I want to encourage all you listeners out there is just be be thoughtful and practical when you're doing this. So Cheese comes from cows. Cows eat grass. Grass is green. Probably a vegetable. So explain things like that to Megan when she's trying to give you, you know, some some of this hard time that she does. Thank you. Wonderful nutrition advice to live by. Uh, what food do you not like? Yeah, this is an easy one. Uh, it's clearly mushrooms. And probably the biggest fight that, that Megan and I ever got in was when she made a green bean casserole at, at Thanksgiving, and I explicitly asked for no mushrooms, and she tried to sneak them in there. One of her family members let it slip that uh, she had snuck them in, and I, I still to this day, in 17 years of dating, think that that was our, our biggest fight. Totally disgusted by them. It's hard to tell when he's joking, but he is absolutely serious. That was a big fight. 
Um, but we're over it. Good news. And I learned not to cook with mushrooms. Next question comes from Anne. She asks, what are your favorite pizza toppings? Yeah, this is a good one. I have a lot. Um, and I like, I like a few different combinations. So I do like the pineapple and pepperoni, but kind of have to have that craving. Um, but in general, my go-to is uh, tomatoes, pineapple, green peppers, and onions with extra cheese. All right. Shifting gears a little bit, Isela asks, what was your initial reaction when Megan talked about changing careers? Yeah, I'd say it was hard. I was, um, I was a little bit ambivalent at first. Um, she, she clearly wasn't happy in her old career. So I was happy for her to be making that change um, and pursuing something that she loved. At the same time, it was a big risk trying to start your own business. What, 90%, I think, of, of uh, people who start businesses fail that business within the first two or three years. And, um, but, you know, if anyone was going to make it work, I knew she would just, just with, with how hard she does work. So, um, you know, she, we talked a lot about it as she was starting. And, um, you know, we weighed the pros and cons. But, um, you know, she's just done a terrific job. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of her for what she's built over the last seven or eight years now. Oh, thank you. There is a, a soft heart behind all of that pizza exterior. Um, all right, back to some food. Audra asks kind of a common question amongst all of you. She says, we see the Friday food, but what is a normal day of eating for him? She says, all meals, please. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll try to think about all the things that I ate yesterday. So uh, woke up in the morning and had uh, a cup of black coffee um, and some yogurt. Um, that was probably around 7 a.m., maybe 6 a.m. Uh, and then after I ran, I had uh, what I have quite frequently, which is a bagel sandwich. So a bagel with two eggs uh, and cheese um, in there. So I call that um, kind of a, a, a heavy breakfast. Um, and then around lunchtime, I don't typically eat big lunches. So yesterday... I had some, some sliced uh, deli turkey or deli chicken, uh, some goldfish, probably about a serving and a half, and then a serving and a half of honey roasted peanuts. Uh, and then in the afternoon, had another cup and a half, maybe two cups of coffee. Uh, for dinner, I had uh, one of those frozen skillet meals. I think it was chicken florentine and added some uh, deli, extra deli meat to that. Sometimes I'll add extra ravioli to that, which I didn't yesterday. Um, and then I put some Parmesan cheese on that. Um, also had a, had a few beers while I was watching the lightning game. And uh, no dessert last night. I'm trying very, very hard in, uh, in 2021 not to, to eat sugary, uh, sugary things after dinner. So I think you're selling yourself a little bit short there. If you're in the office, you'll eat a salad. And oftentimes, if there are grilled vegetables or roasted vegetables, you'll add them to your lunch sometimes, right? I will. I will. Like today for lunch, um, there was we had some grilled chicken, some roasted vegetables, and uh, there was a cob salad in there. I don't, I don't typically put dressing on it. So I, I do sneak in those vegetables, even though uh, Megan doesn't like to take pictures of those for, for the Instagram. <laughs> Okay, so that was a great recap. This leads to by far the most popular question, and I'm going to put them all into one. It's, does he ever feel blank that we eat different things? And the blank was guilty or odd or frustrated. So do you feel any of those ways, Kevin, when we eat different things? So I really don't. But uh, as I thought about this, this question a little bit, uh, Megan and I met when we were 18, we met on move-in day of college, as, as many of you know, and 
we ate meals in the dining hall for four years together. And in the dining hall, there were tons of options and we would always eat different foods. And, um, you know, so it was never, it, it was never like, hey, we were preparing food at the same time when we eventually got married and moved in together. We just have different tastes. Um, and, you know, Megan's not about to eat half a pizza on Friday night. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not about to, to eat a, you know, a flaxseed, smoothie or whatever she makes down, down there with protein powder and no cow or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, for us, it's, you know, I think it's actually a kind of a gender stereotype that women do the, do the cooking, right? I, I've never expected that or thought about that. You know, Megan makes, does her Friday or, or Sunday food prep to, to get ready for the week. And um, she'll, she'll ask if I want any of the things she's eating. Frequently, I, I will eat the, the vegetable soups that she makes um, but other than that, I'll, I'll fend for myself. I'll make my own food, um, at night. And I've never, I've never thought that's weird. It's just kind of normal for us. Okay. So did you ever expect me another common question to change what I was eating for you or to cook for you, even if you wanted different things, any of that? No, uh, you know, it's, I think I go back to that, that gender stereotype, right? That, women do the cooking. And that's, that's not, not only is it not appropriate, it's just very archaic. And I feel like that's from the 1960s. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just, you know, I, we do our own laundry, right. And, you know, it's, we, we do. And so it, it seems to work for us. I know it doesn't work for everyone, but, um, uh, you know, it does work for us. And I, I feel very lucky about that. Also no judgment on whatever your partnership situation is. If the, uh, if it is following more traditional stereotypes, if it works for you, that's fine. I think what Kevin's underscoring is that we uh, don't put pressure on each other. I do the grocery shopping and that's kind of traditional stereotypical. And I do buy his honey roasted peanuts and goldfish and things like that. Uh, but that's just the arrangement that we have. He also does the vast majority of the cleaning around the house the vast majority of the landscaping, the dog care, lots of different things. It's all about what works for your partnership in whatever uh, form that takes. And this is what works for us. Yeah. My, my favorite thing is when Megan comes back from the grocery store and she says, it happened again. And, and what that is, is, is when the, the checkout person asks her how many kids she has because <laughs> of buying goldfish and all these children's snacks. So I do love that. That does happen. And if you ever do see me in the grocery store, I will definitely give you a caveat that some of this stuff is for Kevin because I don't want you to think I'm a fraud. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, kind of similar question. Last one along this uh, line. Lori says, does he feel your drastically different styles are an inconvenience for dinner plans? And I'm not sure if she means uh, going out to dinner, which you can talk about how social we are, or if it inconveniences you in any way. No, it, it really doesn't. And we don't eat dinner together every night of the week. You know, one of us might be working late and um, we can eat at different times. But no, I, I, I don't see it as an inconvenience. Um, when we go out to dinner, obviously, we, we choose different things. I think we go out to dinner two or three times maybe per year. Or, you know, what we typically do on Saturday nights is I like to grill and I'll, I'll grill a steak or piece of fish or, or whatever it is. And, uh, of course, cook some vegetables with that as well. Um, but it's really never been, I'd say frustrating or, or I've, I've never really thought of it as an inconvenience. Okay. 
So we have three more questions for you, Kevin. This is the one I'm a little bit nervous about, but in full transparency, I'm going to ask it from Kaylin. She says, how does it affect your marriage when Megan has every moment scheduled, even weekends? Yeah. So to, so to be honest, Megan knows this. I don't, I don't love it. Right. And uh, at the same time, I know that there are plenty of things that I do that Megan doesn't love. Right. And, and that's part of a marriage, right? You, you, you make sacrifices and, and they're fortunately with Megan are a, a thousand times many more good things than, than bad things. Right. So yeah, I don't love it, but that's her style. And that, that works for her. It's not my style. It would stress me out. It, it's the, the same thing when we were talking about uh, preparing dinners, right? You, there might be a, a woman that prepares all of your dinners all, all week, or there might be a, a male that prepares all, you know, whatever it works for in your household. And that's what works for her. Uh, it doesn't work for me, but, uh, you know, we found a way to, to make time for each other. And I make sure that if she has every moment scheduled, that I am part of that schedule. <laughs> so she will schedule time with, with me, right? And, and block off time uh, on the weekends to hang out with me. So that's, uh, that, that's part of it as well. Yes, you made it. You made the schedule. All right. Do you have a morning routine, Isela asks? Um, so a little bit. I, I'd say I, I do pretty much the same thing every morning. It's not a meditation and, you know, yoga and, and my, my gratitude journal, but I, I do get up. I like to have a cup or two of coffee. And as I said, eat yogurt. I eat the plain, non-fat, no antibiotics, no sugar, whatever <laughs> added. Megan buys me some healthy stuff. Um, and then I like to just, just catch up on, you know, I read CNN, I read CNN, CNBC, I read Facebook, I, I look at Instagram, right? And, and that's just kind of my time to myself um, that I like to do in the morning. And um, sometimes I'll respond to emails too, try to get a little bit ahead uh, of the day uh, from a work perspective. Okay, this question was not from the audience, but when you say you read Facebook, which is an interesting phrase... Do you read Facebook on the computer or on your phone? Yeah, on the computer. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you can read it on your phone. <laughs> he thinks this is normal. I don't think he has social media apps on his phone, so vastly different consumption there. All right, last question to bring us home. This comes from a troll. We see you out there. Just kidding. This troll is Sean, our great friend from college who ran with Kevin. And he says, what is your beer mile PR? <laughs> so, yeah. So I appreciate this, Sean. Sean, teammate of mine at Harvard. He was uh, the captain of the, the cross-country and track teams. And, and we, we'd run a beer mile at the end of every season. What that was was uh, the clock would start and then you would chug a beer, run a lap, chug a beer, run a lap, chug a beer, run a lap, chug a beer, run a lap. So four beers, four laps. If you throw up during it, you're disqualified. So, um, Sean is trolling me on this one because I was terrible at it. I think I finished last, um, most years. I think I just did dip under 10 minutes, but, uh, what's more incredible is that Sean won every year. I, I think he ran something like, you know, five minutes and 45 seconds, just, you know, absolutely mind blowing. So I was terrible at it. Thank you, Sean. I, I appreciate the shout out. Maybe I'll, I'll try for a record again, uh, one of these days soon. So if you too want to be able to drink four beers and run a mile in five minutes and 40 seconds and eat only pizza and pasta, just kidding. There's so much more to Kevin than this. Yeah. Goldfish. Goldfish. As Omega well. threes. Omega threes. Of course. Well, thank you for listening to this special Veggies of the Matter segment. 
I am truly grateful to Kevin for being here today and for putting up with me every day. Thanks for listening. And if you want to have Kevin back or want future guests, let us know. Thanks to you wonderful listeners. We have two great Q&A for today. Kim asks, food allergies. What are the best tests for figuring out if hives are caused by a particular food? So she asks about hives, and she is right in her terminology here. Hives are most likely a true allergy. An allergy is what's called an IgE reaction, things that are very pointed, like vomiting, hives, something immediate. They happen every time you eat a food, and almost within 60 minutes or so, we will have an allergic reaction. Um, For this testing, you need to go to a physician, an allergist, to get tested, and usually it's a skin prick test um, or a small injection test. There are a variety of forms of testing, but you need to go to a doctor for that. What I offer is food intolerance testing. And so food intolerance, depending on the test, measures IgG or IgA reactions. These are more inflammation-based. And the tough thing with food intolerances is that they don't happen every time, so they're harder to diagnose, and they can show up up to 48 hours after consumption of the food. So it becomes really, really hard to figure it out yourself if you're eating some of these things regularly. And the reactions to intolerances, like I said, are more inflammation based, they're more likely like bloating or digestive issues or fatigue or headaches or low energy or achiness or stiffness or eczema, something like that, um, that can last for longer and can, like I said, show up later. And I run several tests out of my practice, depending on the individual, I'll recommend different ones. So the best course for this is just to shoot me an email. My email is megan at Well, Megan is M-E-G-A-N at thelionshare.org. It's T-H-E-L-Y-O-N-S, another S, H-A-R-E dot org. And I can guide you on the next steps and pricing from there. Next question, Stephanie asks, can you talk a little bit about MCT oil? I keep seeing it pop up in podcasts and social media. What is it? Benefits, risks, recommendations. Uh, So MCT oil, MCT stands for medium chain triglyceride oil. Um, and most of the fats we eat are long-chain triglycerides, which uh, are just a bit harder for the body to break down. MCTs are really easy to digest. They're really quick brain fuel. Um, They are uh, simple for the body to handle. The reason we'd consume them is basically just like any other healthy fat. They're good for brain health. They're good to keep your energy stable. They keep us full for longer. A lot of times we'll see MCT oils marketed for weight loss, and that's because uh, when we keep our blood sugar stable, it makes us crave less things, less unhealthy things, I guess. Uh, but it's not a weight loss agent per se, meaning if you consumed 40 tablespoons of MCT oil per day, you'd definitely gain weight because even healthy fats are high in calories and your body just doesn't know what to do with all of that. Um One way that I personally consume MCT oil is in my coffee. I don't go all in with the Bulletproof coffee, if you've heard of that. It is, I believe, one to two tablespoons of butter and one to two tablespoons of MCT or XCT oil. Um, I I don't do that. Several tablespoons of oil in my coffee just kind of gives me a stomachache just thinking about it. Uh, But I do use one teaspoon of MCT oil in my coffee. Um, And this is because I've had cortisol imbalance for many years, and I know my body tends to be 
jittery with stimulants like coffee, and this helps my blood sugar stay more stable and avoid that jittery feeling. Um, So it gives my brain some fuel. It gives me some stability with my blood sugar, and I think it tastes good. I don't think it tastes bad at all. Um, If you're going to eat with your coffee, you likely don't need this, Uh, but I generally um, don't eat with my coffee in the morning. Overall, I think MCT is a nice supplement, and it's a nice way to add some healthy, easy-to-digest calories into your day if you're looking to up your calories, Uh, but it's not a magic bullet. There is no magic bullet. In fact, it's all about balance. Um, I will link to the MCT oil that I use in the show notes to this episode. Getting a little long in the tooth here, but I have three important things for you for this call to action. First, as February is the month of gratitude and love, I just want to thank you all for the love and support you've shown to the podcast. It truly means the world to me when you share the podcast with friends, when you post about it on social media, when you DM me or email me that you loved an episode. I love to help you out, and you showing the love back to me makes it just so much fun to continue doing what I'm doing. So thank you. Second, I want to direct you to a blog post on emotional eating. Uh, If you weren't enamored by Kevin's content today, which I don't know who that would be, and you're looking for some more actionable health content, um, I have a blog post on emotional eating for you today. If you're on social media, it's highlighted there at the link in my bio this week. I will also put the link to the blog post in the show notes. And if you've struggled with emotional eating, let me be honest, I'm right there with you. I've struggled with it for many, many years as well. And overcoming it for the most part has been one of my greatest health achievements. And I want to help you out too. The post is a really great first step. So please head on over and read that. And if you want to take it to the next level, my 10-day emotional eating challenge called Fueling or Feeling starts on February 16th. This is a 10-day program that will take you through exercises and activities to uncover the root of your emotional eating, and it will give you all my best strategies and tips and tricks to reverse course and find freedom from emotional eating. The signups are going to end really soon, so join us. It's only $29, and you can find the link in the show notes. Finally, your call to action today is to think about whether your food decisions have been impacted by others. Food is a personal decision. I don't wear the same clothes my husband does or drive the car he does or eat the same dinner as him, and we consider all of those equivalent. I don't judge him. He doesn't judge me. I don't feel pressured by his food, and he doesn't feel pressured by my food. I'd like you to consider how you could improve this balance in your own life, whether it's with a romantic partner, friends, social situations, family, social media. If you feel pressured in any way to make your decisions about food based on someone else's opinion, wouldn't you feel better if you gave yourself the freedom to make your own decisions? Just some food for thought for you today. Thank you for listening to another episode. I look forward to hearing you or you hearing me next week when we'll talk about the new dietary guidelines. Have a great week.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.